0: Welcome to Balanced Black Girl, a podcast dedicated to mental, physical, and emotional health from the Black woman's perspective. Tune in to hear from Black woman health and wellness experts giving the approachable advice you need to help you feel your best. I'm your host, Lestrandra Alfred. Let's dive in. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Balanced Black Girl podcast. I am your host, my name is Les, and I am honored to be sharing space with you today. So raise your hand if you have ever struggled with boundaries, maybe communicating boundaries or adhering to boundaries even after you've communicated them. I know you can't see me right now because this is a you know, podcast, but my hand is up because I have certainly certainly had my fair share of challenges in that area and i know that that's so relatable for many of us which is why i am beyond excited <laughs> to bring you today's conversation our guest today is nedra glover tilrob who is a licensed therapist and sought after relationship expert she has practiced relationship therapy for 12 years and is the founder and owner of the group therapy practice kaleidoscope counseling Every day, she helps people create relationships by teaching them how to implement better boundaries. Her philosophy is that a lack of boundaries and assertiveness underlie most relationship issues. And her gift is helping people create healthy relationships with themselves and others. If you are not already familiar with Nedra's work, I'm sure after listening to this interview, you are going to run over to every platform to find her. Her Instagram account is pure gold. She shares the most incredible nuggets of wisdom and advice for better communication, healthier relationships, understanding yourself, and understanding why boundaries are a constant practice to have in your life. In addition to her incredible content on Instagram, she also just released a brand new book, just came out last week, if you're listening to this episode, The Week It Airs called set boundaries, find peace, a guide to reclaiming yourself, which has been called the boundary Bible. I just got my copy. I'm just starting to dig into the book. I have like my notebook and pen (laughs) ready to take all the notes as I read the book. And I was honestly taking all of the notes, even when I was interviewing her, because she just shared so many amazing gems and nuggets that are going to be so helpful for you. So without further ado, let's get into this episode so we can get into these boundaries. Enjoy. All right, Nedra, welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you here. I am so excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm such a fan of your work. You just have such a way of helping us understand indigestible pieces, really important lessons around boundaries and communication and all of these things that we all as humans are are constantly working towards and need to learn. What brought you to that space and what has inspired your work? mm.
1: Well, by training, I am a therapist
0: and
1: I really love being a therapist. But one thing I realized is often as therapists, we can talk over people's heads and we're saying something really important, but people may not be able to understand it because we're not saying it in a way that applies to their particular circumstance um, we're not saying it in a way that seems meaningful to them. And so one of the reasons that I started using Instagram as a platform to talk about mental health and relationship is because I wanted it to be accessible, relatable information. And that has to be, you know, demonstrated in a way where people could say, aha, I understand imposter syndrome. Aha. I get what codependency is because when we use these words without context and meaning for people in their everyday lives, they miss the message of something that is super important. Um, But we have to be able to say it in a way where people can say, okay, I think that's me. You mentioned um, getting involved in people's business and trying to fix their issues. I've never thought of codependency like that. And, you know, people need it just that plane to be able to understand this is what, you know, these these really big concepts. This is how it looks in real life.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I know that's something that I appreciate as a, a follower of your work is the examples and being able to see myself in those examples of, oh, yes, I, I do that, or I have seen that, or I've experienced that with my family, and it it makes it so much easier to connect. Yeah, yeah.
1: We really need that. And I think like when I'm with my clients, sometimes I have to gauge the antidote that I share based on who they are, how it applies. You know, if it's someone who's a, you know, an accountant, I have to think about like, gosh, what can my accounting examples be? You know, if it's someone who's a mom, I have to think of those parenting examples. And so I have a lot of practice in like catering the message to the audience (laughs) because it's like, okay, so who am I talking to and how
0: can they understand this thing? Absolutely. Absolutely, which is so important. A lot of your work centers around boundaries and setting and maintaining boundaries can be really challenging for people in various contexts, whether that is setting boundaries with family, setting boundaries in friendships. If someone is having a hard time with either identifying or maintaining their own boundaries, what are some foundational steps you recommend they take to start working on that area?
1: Well, boundaries are a lifestyle practice. And with any practice, we have to be consistent. There is no way that we can in one day have the amount of water that we'll need for a lifetime. We have to continue to wake up every single day and start over with our water drinking, right? So it's the same way with boundaries. You have to every single day practice boundaries. It's not that you'll get to this this level of, aha, I've mastered this because new things will come up and come along and you'll have to adjust that. It's been so interesting as I've been talking to people about the book. Uh, One of the questions has been, how did you become so perfect at boundaries? And I'm like, who, me? Mm -hmm. The person who had to set a new boundary yesterday? (laughs) Um, I'm not perfect. I'm just practicing. And I'm finding new boundaries as things come up that I didn't even think about or consider. You know, the pandemic, we've had to create new boundaries. Uh, When you get a pet, you have to get some new boundaries. Don't get on the couch. You know, like there is so many examples of how we have to create new boundaries. And I think the biggest thing is sticking to the discipline of doing it every day, or at least most days, that it is a life discipline to have healthy boundaries. It's not something that you can do once or twice and it's like, whoo, did all the boundaries. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, like on my deathbed, I'll be like, get me some water now. <laughs> that is my boundary, right? So <laughs> we will be setting them. So get comfortable with being uncomfortable in the work of setting boundaries.
0: Oh, I love that analogy that you used of, you know, you, you don't maintain hydration by drinking water once. It's a It's a continuous thing. And I think that's just, that's such a, that kind of gave me an aha moment just now when thinking about boundaries. And even with the pandemic, you know, we're a year into it now. What are some ways that you've seen people have had to set new boundaries or challenges around boundaries that have occurred from how our lives currently look versus a year ago.
1: We've had to create new rhythms and and routines for ourselves. And so um, when you are in the mode of waking up and eating your breakfast and getting ready for work and leaving the house, you know, like all of this sort of thing, it has shifted. And for many of us, we were like off. It's like, okay, I'm not doing that anymore. So do I just roll out of bed and start working? Do I... Maybe have a little bit of routine. And so figuring out personally how to get back into the structure of your day was a personal boundary of, okay, um, I'm a little bit more frustrated. And part of it is I'm just getting out of bed and, you know, going to work instead of getting out of bed and stretching and having some breakfast, reading a little bit. So the boundaries have you know, we've had to renegotiate that with other people. I think some of the boundaries have been, you know, how we can communicate with them. We, some of us, we're not seeing people in in person still. In others, you know, we have like small pockets of people that we are willing to see. And then availability. You know, I think early on in the pandemic, people assume because we're at home, we're available all day. Like, you know, like work has disappeared. Like I'm just watching like court shows and it's like, no, <laughs> I'm working. It's just at home. And so my availability has not shifted because we're at home. I'm still working. Um, And so my, you know, my hours are the same Um, or maybe they're a little different. And so just understanding that the pandemic has shifted, you know, what boundaries will look like in a pandemic and really getting a hold of what those things are. I think early on we were like, oh my gosh, because it was so sudden. Yeah. Um I've been watching this this new season of Queen Sugar which is amazing, but it's also triggering because They're going month. Each episode is a a month of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So they start at February, then March, then April. And just remembering how abrupt the shift was. We didn't have a chance to even consider boundaries. When you're talking about Tuesday, everything was open and Friday, the world shut down. We didn't have the the time to say, you know, when I start working from home with this pandemic, I will. It was like, no, do it today. This is the day. (laughs) And so, you know, we had to adjust to what this wasn't early on. We thought it would be short term. And so there was no need for boundaries. It's like, oh, two weeks? Yeah, I could do this for two weeks. And then it's like, no, this is this will be the year. Um, and we're just, you know, it's only been a year now. So we're still like, okay, maybe next month, maybe next month. And so Some of the boundaries that I implemented early on was not watching the news, not paying attention to the COVID numbers and these sort of things because it didn't determine my safety protocols. It's <laughs> Like yeah. watching the death toll, it wasn't like, oh, you know, that many people didn't die today. I'll stop washing my hands. It's like, no, I'm washing my hands. I'm wearing a mask. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm doing all of these same things, no matter what the death toll is. When I look at the death toll, it makes me feel really anxious and yeah. sad. Um, when I'm watching the news, I feel devastated for small businesses. I feel devastated for parents. This is having a positive effect on me. Yeah. Um. So very early on, making the decision to, um, be present with people and listen to their stories about mm-hmm. it, and not listen to you know the the news and you know whatever they're trying to say about it, and really picking the news sources that I'm willing to be open to, and about what topics. Um. And really, you know, I think routine saved me just figuring out what is a new routine now that we're in a pandemic like what does that look like because I could just wake up and get started with work but I noticed I'm a little cranky um I was telling a friend yesterday little Nedra needed a nap because (laughs) I was a little cranky I was like a little eight-year-old yesterday I needed a nap and some milk um (laughs) So just, you know, just really recognizing what's needed and not just continuing in the cycle of dysfunction of, oh, my days are so like, what can you do to make this day a little more easy? Um, What can you do during the um, work week to not be so overwhelmed? It's so important to just consider what boundaries could be. Um, to make you feel a little bit better about the many processes that we
0: have in life. Absolutely. Absolutely. So much of that resonated from how abruptly this did happen. We didn't really get a chance to ease into it. And it was very much just with a light switch, life had really changed, but also so much opportunity to look at ways that we can restructure our day. And I think For a lot of people, not having that separation between work and home has also been really challenging. And that has made it harder for boundaries, maybe around Mm -hmm. work, where you feel like I have to always be on or always be accessible, or it's always right there. And and looking at ways to create that separation, I think is really important for people. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's like, you know, back in the day, I mean, this isn't my story, but I remember you know, people saying like you had a pair of church shoes and you had a pair of, you know, tennis shoes that you wore all the time. Like we need a separation (laughs) in things because you cannot play in your church shoes. And I think very early on, what we were doing is doing everything like in this melting pot of life, like working out while on your lunch break at home and, and eating at your desk and, you know, helping your kids while you're working at the table. Like it was just like- Oh my gosh, like we need systems to kind of say, okay, from this time to this time, this is workout time and I will put on workout clothes. The rest of the day, I will put on my work clothes. I will put my kids in this space so they can do their work. Mm -hmm. I will work from, you know, just really establishing a new routine has been really helpful for people during this time that, you know, is outside of our control and all we can control really is You know, some of those systems that we're creating.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my goodness also love to talk about some of the boundaries that can maybe be more challenging for people to establish and maintain than others, right? Like if people have a harder time setting boundaries with family versus setting boundaries in friendships and what that looks like. And I think for a lot of people, family is one of those areas where it is a lot harder to set boundaries. Maybe it's around, you know, setting boundaries with parents or siblings or, with children or what have you, is that something that you've seen in your work that that's an area that maybe people struggle with the most? And what are some of the strategies you recommend for boundaries when it comes to family? Mm.
1: Yes. The biggest area where people struggle is with family. I believe that to be the case because the conditioning that has taken place over the course of years Um our family members have had the privilege to condition us for our entire lives. Um, and so setting boundaries in that relate in those relationships. Yes, it sometimes seems impossible, especially where, you know, your mom has conditioned you to to think you can't talk to her like that. Like, you know, setting a boundary with a person who has created the environment of there are certain things you cannot say and do to me, even though we are adults and we can't, you know, be disciplined in the same way, it still penetrates. You still have that belief like, oh, my gosh, I cannot say anything to grandma. Um, and we have to realize that grandma is not babysitting me. Mm -hmm. Grandma is over my house, (laughs) you know, so grandma at my house and, you know, I am acting like I'm on a playscape, um, (laughs) and and grandma got a switch. and and that's not the case. That's not the case right now. We have those like flashback moments of, oh, grandma gonna get me. And it's like, look, grandma is a little slower now, you know, she's not, she's not collaring kids up anymore. Um, and you're an adult and you're an adult. And in our families, it's really important to begin the process of becoming an adult. Mm-hmm. And the challenge is often we don't do that. We just want our, our families to kind of get it. And to be an adult, you have to be an adult. And that means restructuring those relationships having difficult conversations, standing up for yourself as an adult, having rules in your house, having rules about how people can treat you, no matter who those people are. You know, you wouldn't let a coworker um stop by your house unannounced. Why does your brother get to do it if you don't like it? Now, if you like it, it's fine. But if it's something you don't like, in general, you don't like it. Mm -hmm. Um, now maybe you have some exceptions, like if it's an emergency, if it's a Saturday, I don't care, but if you generally don't like it, it's, it's your job to communicate it. And I think so often we have stepped into the role of, I am the, you know, this is my mom. I am the daughter. This is my dad. I am the daughter. This is my big cousin. I'm the little cousin that we don't use our voice to really stand in our power of. Outside of this role, I am an adult. And as an adult, these are the things that I would like to see and have in my life.
0: Yeah. Mama got to
1: take her shoes off when she come over.
0: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. You had a, a post on Instagram a little while ago that I loved and bookmarked where you basically told people, don't say your your parents were doing the best they could as kind of a dismissive action. I'd love to talk about that a little bit because I think for a lot of people and I think also in our community this is something that is prevalent is that we hold on to that without acknowledging the yes and that that it can multiple things can be true of saying in my environment in my upbringing they were doing the best they could and there was also still maybe harm done or maybe trauma done that is now still my responsibility to address and and me addressing that doesn't negate what happened or that they were doing the best they could. Can we talk about mm-hmm. that a little bit more mm-hmm. and and how people may struggle mm-hmm. with that dynamic?
1: Yeah, I think one of the most powerful things we can do as adults is to recognize that our parents could have been doing their best and it just wasn't good enough for us. It wasn't always what we needed. And our parents are humans. I remember when I was in college, I had a friend that had a baby and my first thought was like, I can't imagine myself as somebody's mom,
0: (laughs) you know, it's like, like, oh my gosh,
1: like right now, you know, or somebody having, you know, a baby at any point in life when I didn't have one, it was just like, oh my gosh, like somebody has a baby. like, I didn't feel like I had the tools like because of my life. But when I think about it, you know, my mom had me at 25, So I probably would have been, you know, her friend, like, I can't believe you have a baby, you know, (laughs) (laughs) because she was being human. And my expectation was that she would be a mother and not human. Right. Like, but, you know, at any age at 20, 25, we are all human. We don't know everything. We don't You know, sometimes we don't have the skills. We were never taught. We don't even know what we're doing is wrong because so many of us have not addressed our trauma or things that didn't work that we're still continuing to do. You know, like, you know, you sometimes we spank our kids because we were spanked. And that's the reason, you know, we haven't really thought about like, is this effective? It's just like, this is a pattern. You know, we say things to people because this is what was said to us. So you just keep saying everything will be okay. And it's like, do you feel like that's helpful? Like, we don't think about this stuff. We just do it because it's habit, it's routine. And parenting can sometimes be the same way. And so in considering that, you know, your parents could have done the, you know, they could have done their best and it could be problematic for you. Lots of times when I'm working with adults around their relationships with their parents, um, I have to really help them be able to speak about their parents in an honest way because they think that saying anything um, other than my mom was great. She was awesome. My dad, he did the best he could. It's like a betrayal. And I have to remind them, first off, your parents not in this room. They won't even know what you're saying. Right. They won't even know that you just said you really don't like her spaghetti. Like she has no clue. You know, she has (laughs) no clue. But you are not betraying people by being honest. You're betraying your maybe you are. You're betraying yourself by not being honest. You're not standing in your power of I didn't like this. This was not okay for me. And one really powerful question I typically ask people is. You know, when they have this problematic situation, my parents didn't come to my games. I, I often say, you know, what do you think uh, would have been appropriate for your parents to do? Because sometimes, you know, we think like, oh man, I really didn't like this thing. What do you think would have been appropriate? And then they share, like, you know, I think they should have been at more of my games. Ah. And how does that feel that they weren't there? That hurts. And it doesn't mean that your parent wasn't a provider. It doesn't mean that your parent didn't give you hugs at night and buy you Care Bears, you know? It just means that you wanted this other thing and they did not give you that. And so often with abuse or neglect, we look at it as this very extreme, like, you know, well, they weren't on drugs. It wasn't, you know, we didn't run out of food. And it's like, yeah, that's like, that's like child protective service level, you know, abuse yeah. and neglect. But yeah. a lot of us, we are neglected in ways that other people can't see emotionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't have anybody saying, you know, how was school today? Who did you play with? What do you like to do? Let me sit down with you and draw a little bit. And those are the things that hurt adults because it teaches mm-hmm. us that. You know, maybe our needs aren't important. Maybe other people are, you know, they're incapable of meeting these needs because they're too much because we didn't have these things. So when I hear people say things like my parents did the best they could, I also want them to know that sometimes the best is not good enough for you. And it's okay to name that because as long as your parents are still alive, they can be doing better. Right. So what if we Mm -hmm. name that and we say, you know, today it would be really helpful if, okay, we had 30 years of you not doing it. You know, that sucked. But today I would love for you to sit down and really watch a movie with me because I haven't had that experience or whatever the thing is, you know it's okay to acknowledge what you didn't have. So you can, you can start to reclaim some of that stuff and and maybe get it today. So it was really, really important to be honest with yourself about what you need.
0: That's really, really beautiful. Definitely. And I think even from my personal experience, being able to identify maybe things that I, I needed or that would have been helpful and didn't get in that moment. You know, we can't change our, our childhoods. We can't change the past. But even just acknowledging what some of those needs were now can be so helpful.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I think it's a beautiful thing when we really reflect in a way And not in a punitive way, you know, no one needs to be punished Mm -hmm. because your parents are human and, you know, we're all humans. We all, we don't get it right. And sometimes people are not trying to hurt us. We like to think that when people harm us, that it was intentional, you know, why did they cut me off? Why did they? And it's like, lots of times it's not intentional. This person is in a hurry. They're not saying to themselves, how can I cause a car accident? You know, they're they're yeah. not doing that. Yeah. They're not intentionally yeah. hurting you. They're just, you know, trying to, to do something that they feel like they need to do. And our parents are the same way. They're not trying to hurt us in many in- instances, but they do. And it's okay to name that. It's okay to name it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. My goodness. So you had another Instagram post, this one was more recent, that was like, oh my goodness, it was so, I mean, they're all so good. That just for the sake of this question, I'm <laughs> referencing this one and, and paraphrasing a, a little bit, because I'll link it in the show notes so that people can go check it out and and bookmark it. But the gist of what it said was repeat after me. I'm not a parent to my parents. I'm not my sibling's parent. I'm not my friend's therapist. I am not a lender to my loved ones. I'm not a social worker in my mm-hmm. family. And I loved it because it just talks about all of these different roles that we can take on that can happen through conditioning in our various relationships mm-hmm. and also speaks to the challenges of when you want to change that and you realize, Oh, it's, it's not appropriate for me to be, you know, acting as the social worker to my family or the therapist to my friends or, you know, so on and so forth, how challenging it can be to also change those dynamics and how there can be a lot of guilt that, that comes with that. So if someone is in one of these situations where they realize, you know, they're taking on these roles and they want to start shifting those dynamics How do you recommend they navigate that situation and navigate maybe the feelings of guilt or resistance that come up when they have those conversations? Mm. I'm
1: gonna add two to that list that I just thought about Mm -hmm. as you mentioned the list. I am a social worker, but I am not your social worker because I technically am. (laughs) And so just that (laughs) role, and like, I am literally a social worker. And I remember people would be like, Oh, I'm gonna have my friend call you because her son. No, 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 no. no I, I don't yeah. know housing resources in every state. The things that you're asking me for are things that that you can Google. You can be your own social worker, you know, because you know as much information as I know. It sounds like nothing, so you know we're on the same page of information. So go ahead and look up that resource, and I think that's a really big one. We have to empower people to help themselves another big one for me is like i am not tech support um Mm. and i oh my goodness when people ask you you know and it's usually like you know it's like how do you i'm like the you know i google i just google Mm -hmm. how to move the file on dropbox to you know because (laughs) i don't know and so what we typically will do, we will do the work for the people. We will look up the Google article and then we'll send it to them. Here's something. To, and it's like, you know, that's work that they could have done. That's not your job. Mm-hmm. And so as we're in these relationships with people, we have to remember that it is helpful to empower people. We're not we're not taking thing anything away from them by empowering them to do some of these things on their own. Um, when you, when you have your kids order their own food, that is empowering. It is disempowering to, to read the menu to your 16 year old and, you know, order, say he won't chicken. Look, he, he knows nothing. He's not able to do this thing for himself. It's very empowering for him to use his voice and to do it. And so as we're navigating these boundaries in relationships where we've had these roles of being the accountant, being the therapist, being um, tech support and all of this you know different stuff, remember that you are empowering people to know how to do these things without you. Because, oh gosh, if something happened to you, do you mean they would never again be able to figure out X, Y, and Z? That's not fair to them. Mm
0: -hmm. That's
1: not fair. They should be equipped to figure this thing out. And it's not that people can never lean on you because that would be a rigid boundary. We don't want that. But what we want to take care of is those instances where it's always the case that you are the person being the helper. Helping people sometimes occasionally is completely a healthy part of a relationship, but doing it always, all of the time, that is when it is problematic. All of us at some point will listen to our friends, talk about some, you know, some relationship and you're like, okay. Um, But if this friend, if this is the the totality of your relationship, which it is sometimes where this person is just like Mm -hmm. on and on and on, it's like, okay, boundary needed. This is not, you know, you broke up with someone, temporary thing. It's like, this is what you always talk about, always talk about. We need a boundary here.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. My goodness, so much of that that is so relatable. And one of the things that I want to touch on is you mentioned rigid boundaries, mm-hmm. which I would love to to dive into a bit more. How do we differentiate between setting boundaries and and building walls? Mm-hmm. Because I think sometimes that can be mistaken, right? People can put up a wall or kind of cut people out or shut people out and call it a boundary. How how do people differentiate between the two?
1: Well, there are three types of boundaries. There's porous boundaries, which we just we don't have any filters. It's just open. People could do whatever. And that's typically yeah. what we hear about boundaries. Don't let people do whatever. Say no. You know, that's we're we're addressing the porous boundary situations, right? And then there are, you know, rigid boundaries where we have these hard rules for everyone all the time. And that's not helpful because we can't exist on our own. We do need people for stuff. Sometimes I need to call a friend if my car break down. Sometimes I need to call a friend if I'm having a bad day. Mama, can you, can you bring me some soup? You know, like we, mm-hmm. we do need people. So <laughs> we don't want to create this environment of we shouldn't need anything from anyone. We need stuff. We was born needing and we will die needing. Yep. Um, so that is yep. a healthy part of human existence. But as we, you know, become adults, we do become more autonomous. And so we don't need everything from people. We just need some stuff. Yeah. And so when we become like rigid, we're creating this environment of, I don't need anything from people. I don't ever need help. I don't ever loan people money. I don't ever listen to people problems. And, you know, if that is the case, you will, you will have some unhealthy relationships because we do sometimes have to listen to stuff. We sometimes do, you know, as parents You know, I watch a bunch of, I'm a parent, I watch a bunch of stuff I don't like. That's a part of being in a relationship. I just watch Sophia the first, you know, it's like, I don't care, you know, (laughs) but it's a part of being in a healthy relationship. You know, I don't think it's appropriate to say, I'll never watch, you know, it's like, you know, sometimes I will, you know, I've grown to like trolls, you know, so there are some things (laughs) that... You know, we have to be okay with doing as a part of being in a healthy relationship. So boundaries are not always, I got to cut this person off. I have to stop this. Sometimes we need to speak up before we stop anything. Yeah, I think that the cutoff... Is the last resort, not the first one. For some of us, it's easier to cut off ghosts because we just don't want to talk about it. And I get that. It's you know, it's really uncomfortable to tell people. You know, I feel like we could have a healthier relationship if you um, spent more time listening instead of you know, criticizing and telling me things that aren't particularly helpful. So when I share something, I would love for you to just listen. Um, and if I want some feedback, I will tell you. Um, please give me some feedback. Right. So I, I think it's one of those things where we'll just cut the person off and say they never listen. And it's like, well, perhaps they didn't know that they weren't a listener because if, I bet if we poll a hundred people, one hundred people will say they're great listeners and probably half of those people are terrible at listening right <laughs> and so sometimes people are just not aware of themselves <laughs> so yeah. we have to yeah. let people know sometimes and maybe they are great relate you know listeners in other relationships so we have to yeah. let them know what works for us that is a healthy boundary now if we've done that and this person they don't want to listen they tell you your boundary is silly they um you know push back against it then that's where we say okay let me think about this relationship a little bit after we've expressed the boundary, not as a, you know, go to cut them off. They're terrible. Um, Because I think what what could be helpful and really preserving in relationships is to think about how to reshape them. If we can, sometimes we can't and we have to cut people off. It, it does happen where it's like, you know, this this person just won't get a boundary they just they're just not here for boundaries, and I am not here for this
0: relationship with them. That does happen as well yeah, definitely. I love that you said that it's a it's a last resort, not a the main tactic to use, which I think is so helpful for people so I would also love to to touch on the flip side a little bit you know we've we've talked of a bit about what it looks like you know when people violate our boundaries and how we navigate that and we're all human and i'm sure we've all violated other people's boundaries mm-hmm. <laughs> and at some point could be in a conversation where someone is is sharing their boundaries with us that maybe we've overstepped mm-hmm. so what do we do when we realize maybe we're the ones violating someone's boundaries and how can we avoid being defensive in that situation listen and apply You know, I
1: think there is, we do think we have to do, I get that question a lot. Like I do Q and A's on Mondays in my Instagram story. And lots of people will say, so-and-so set a boundary with me. What do I do? Listen to them. Yeah. Yeah, If someone said, I I don't want you to um, come over here unannounced, there's nothing you need to do other than don't go over there unannounced. (laughs) You don't like, you don't need to (laughs) tell them. Why do you want, listen to them, listen to their boundary. There's, there's no work to be done there other than you listening. Now, if you completely agree with it, disagree with it or something, you can, you know, you have choices. You can say, I'm not listening to this thing. I don't think this is a relationship for me because this, you know, this boundary doesn't make sense. It's too big, you know, whatever. You have choices. You don't always have to listen. But, you know, if you don't have a problem with the boundary, you don't have to have a conversation with someone about their boundary or why it's important and these sort of things. Just listen, because it's typically really hard for people to tell you stuff they had to have, you know, 25 conversations with themselves in the mirror, geeking themselves up to (laughs) say anything. So please just let them, let them have a boundary, let them have a boundary without the pushback because it's not always easy to set them. Even when it seems like it is for people, you know, people will say to me, Oh, you just set boundaries so easy. Girl, it'd be so hard. I don't want to have yeah. to tell people no. You know, like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't get any pleasure from, Oh, I just told another person no. You know, it's like, <laughs> no, that's not, you know, that's not something that brings me joy, you know, but, but I do it, um, because it's healthy for me. I do it because it's healthy for me. And so it's not always about, you know, what do, what do I say when they, you know, tell me a boundary? Like, you know, maybe nothing, maybe nothing, because you don't need to defend your behavior because your behavior is not in question. It's not in question. Mm-hmm. What this person is saying is I don't like it. And we have to allow people not to like stuff. When I was a... um teenager, I had a friend and her mom made some, I I think it was like chocolate cake or something. And I don't, I don't really like chocolate cake in particular. It's just too much Mm -hmm. chocolate in one place. And, (laughs) you know, she gave it to me and she said, you know, you'll like it. it is mine. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't like it. So I ate it. She asked me how it was. I didn't like it. Um, and she was like, how did you, uh, and you can have the most world famous potato salad, cake, um, apple (laughs) pie. It's just stuff I don't eat. So I don't care Mm -hmm. who makes it. It's, it's no (laughs) offense to you. I'm not trying to be mean to you. I'm not trying. I just don't like it. I just don't like potato salad. I don't like baked fruits. I don't want no chocolate cake. I don't care what restaurant we're at. They have the best blah, blah, blah. I don't want it. And it's it's nothing to do with you. And you know that because you make the best. Everybody else like it. So everybody else could like this thing that I'm requesting that you don't do with me. (laughs) Like everybody else Mm -hmm. could be like, I don't care if you don't come over here and let me know. Great. Great for all those people. As for me. I need a text message, <laughs> you know like just mm-hmm. me, yeah, just me. I'm not telling you you need to start you know texting everybody. I'm just saying with me i'm all I yeah. am entitled to a preference,
0: yep, absolutely, and I love that example because. Sometimes, you know, it can, the initial response can be to take it personal of what are you saying about my cake? You know what I mean? But your preference has nothing to do with the quality of what the person is bringing. It's completely. Did you
1: hear how I described the cake? I said it's too much chocolate in one paste. So I'm already going into the cake with a bad (laughs) mindset. This cake has got to be nasty. I had to prove myself right. So I can never let you say that the cake was good. Even if I think it's, oh, this ain't bad. It's like this was terrible. So it it has nothing to do with you. I'm convinced it's bad. Yes. So let me have my exactly. let me have my mindset, please. <laughs> you know, yes. like nothing exactly. to do with you. You're not the first cake baker. Let people have a preference, even though that preference may be something that you are uncomfortable with because you get to do it everywhere else. Because that's really the biggest issue with people setting boundaries with us. Well, I get to do it everywhere else. Nobody else says I'm loud. Well, you're loud in here. (laughs) Like, you know, I don't know about Mm -hmm. anybody else's (laughs) eardrum except my own. And for me, (laughs) I'm going to take this as loud. And that could be okay with everybody else. It's not okay with me. And I don't know, maybe they're not saying anything. Maybe you need to ask all those people. I don't know. Mm
0: -hmm. But for me, I don't like it. Yeah. So important. So important to understand. So I would also love to talk about your brand new book, Set Boundaries, Find Peace, which my copy is on the way. I am so excited to dive into this book. Can you tell us a little bit more about the book, who it's for, and what we can expect Mm. when we read it? It is for everyone. It is for everyone who has
1: a relationship with anything because boundaries operate in every area of life. They operate with our relationships with ourselves, the discipline we need, the love and care that we need. They operate in our relationships with work, family, friends, partners, social media, technology, finances. Boundaries are just all over the place. And so in this book, I have the opportunity to talk about the many areas where boundaries are present because boundaries has always been thought of like say no just say no just cut them off just and that is you know that's two pages of the book (laughs) saying no and cutting people (laughs) off is two pages of a 304 page book (laughs) because boundaries is so much more than that you know boundaries is you know when you're having financial issues and you're, you're running your credit card up. Uh, boundaries is cutting your credit card up. Boundaries is putting yourself mm-hmm. on a budget. Boundaries is, you know, like yeah. there are so many ways that we could consider boundaries that I think we don't consider. <laughs> like we're like, all of these things are problems. Yep. And it's like, ooh, these are all problems that you have the power to manage. But because we think they're so external, we're not managing them. You know, when we say, Oh my gosh, so and so always call me and they just, you know, they so draining. Like, you know, that, that's, that's a boundary issue. That's a boundary issue. There are things yeah. that you can do to retain your energy in the face of people who drain it. And those things are typically boundaries mm-hmm. around how you talk to them, how often you talk, um, what you allow them to, you know, kind of get into in the conversation. I always say with those sort of things, um, sometimes there are people I don't want to know how they doing because I know when they say how they doing is going to be just like. The energy is going to leave my body like, oh, my gosh. And then this thing happened and then that thing happened. So I have learned to start the conversation in a different way. Tell me something good. You know, I'm not I'm not asking how you doing because I know that. that is a triggering question for you and you really get into it. I'm like. I just want to know, is it sunny where you are? (laughs) Like, I just, let's, let's (laughs) reset the tone here. And we don't think about it like that. It's like, oh my gosh, this person they Sometimes they don't know how to talk in a different way. And maybe we could show them. Maybe we could show them. You know, just, yeah. just shift the conversation. You know, did you did you watch Queen Sugar this week? Are you watching Snowfall? You can you can start conversations differently. You don't have to get, well, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. Well, you know how they're doing. They told you 100,000 times that nothing is good. Do you want to continue to ask that question? Do <laughs> you want that same answer? Or do you want a different <laughs> answer? I, I want something different. I want you to tell me how your plant's doing. Yeah. That's what I want to know. I don't want to know how yeah. you are. so just being really considerate about boundaries in so many ways because I think we think of it as this very narrow thing and it is this broad thing in relationships
0: absolutely absolutely I love that I'm so so excited to read it I love that you said you know saying no and you know Cutting people off (laughs) is two pages because it is just such a bigger, I mean, the tip of the iceberg. And I'm so excited to continue diving in and learning from you. So we'll make sure that we also have the book linked in the show notes so that everybody knows to get it. And it's just, I know I'm so excited for it. So before we wrap up here, a big theme that I've had for myself personally this year and on this platform is really diving into a sense of ease and being very intentional about Mm. rest. Like this is actually the first interview that I've recorded in 2021 because the first two months of 2021, I just was like, you know, I'm tired and I'm not in a place where I'm going to record and have and engage with good conversation. So I'm going to take a break and get back into it when I've had a chance to to recharge. And so really wanting to model that and continue that. So I would love to hear this year what rest looks like for you and, and how you're being intentional about rest mm. this year. Well,
1: um, being intentional about rest, I think Rest for me looks like reading more books, um, mm. indulging in more TV. I don't know if I could do that any more than I do. I watch so much TV, but I, <laughs> I really like to like chill. I really do. And chilling yeah. for me is on a Saturday, picking up a book, laying in a chair and just reading the book. Um, and that is very restful. I am pretty intentional about going to bed at night and not staying up because mm-hmm. there is really nothing for me to do. I wake up super early, so I get sleepy. Um, you know, about nine or ten o'clock, I'm like, oh, my body sets the boundary. <laughs> my body is like, girl, we out of here. Mm-hmm. You you yeah. watch a movie, we gonna go to sleep. <laughs> so so yeah. my body um, sets the boundary there. But I think in terms of rest, I think rest is more than just sleeping. I think it is taking a break. Mm-hmm. I think it is knowing yeah. what you find to be relaxing and restorative. And because so much of my work is heavy, I just want to watch a TV show. I just want to watch something real light, mm-hmm. you know, just, I just want to, you know, turn on some music and have a little dance party in the mirror because. And, you know, so much of my work life is, you know, helping people through trauma, helping them like, you know, with boundaries, helping them with relationships. And sometimes, you know, um, to restore myself, I just want to read a book, you know, like that that is very restful to me. And so I am intentional about every single day waking up and reading something Um, I typically read for about an hour Um, just because it feels good to me. And, you know, it helps me to get started with my day and center myself. So rest is, is amazing. And I saw your Instagram page, like I'm taking, you know, I thought you, it was like February. You're like, all right, not posting this month, just resting. And I think that's a beautiful thing Mm -hmm. because, rest can, can look different for each of us. Sometimes it is taking a break from social media. Sometimes it's taking a break from, um, a particular relationship. Sometimes it's taking a break from, you know, watching TV. Sometimes it's taking a break from, so it, it looks differently. And so you determine, you know, what rest is for you. And so for me, rest is relaxing really, really hard.
0: I love that. Oh, so good. I feel the same way being able to curl up with a book or a TV show that's like not super heavy or intense. Well, Nedra, thank you so much for being here today. I loved this conversation. I learned so much and just so appreciate your wisdom. How can our audience keep in touch with you and continue learning from you and supporting you? Yes, I
1: am the most present.
0: And active
1: on Instagram. Um, I cannot manage more than one social media platform. <laughs> so um, <laughs> anything that is happening, I typically post it there. I am active in posting um, mental health and relationship related content there. So that is the number one source. I have a website, www. And on there, I have some really fun quizzes. I have a boundaries quiz. I have a relationship quiz. And there are some free worksheets. Um, so it's really helpful to be able to give people resources and not just like, here's your issue, here's your issue, but let's continue the conversation. Yeah. Let's really figure out what's going on with you and here are some steps you could take to be better. Um, I would love it if everybody in the world went to therapy, right? That won't happen. Um, and so we have to find therapeutic resources in other ways. And that sometimes that's a worksheet. Sometimes it's an Instagram post. Sometimes it is reading a book. And so I want to be able to help people in a variety of ways because as a therapist helping people one-on-one, that's amazing. But there are, you know, tons of people who, who need, um, resources. So I have some on my website. Instagram is another one. Um, and then I have this book.
0: Beautiful. We will have your website, Instagram, and the book linked in the show notes to make it really easy for folks to, to find you and um, use those resources. So thank you so much for creating them.
1: You're welcome.
0: Thank you for tuning into this episode of Balanced Black Girl podcast. I hope this conversation helped inspire you on your own personal self-care and well-being journey. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss future episodes and head to balancedblackgirl.com for show notes and more information. If you'd like more support finding your balance, join our private membership community for self-care tools, exclusive content, and more visit balanceblackgirl.com slash community for more information. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to share it with a friend. Thanks so much for tuning in.